Hi, everyone, and welcome to this special episode of the Passive House Podcast, recorded in Terrytown, New York, at the FiasCon 2021 Passive House Conference. Before we get started, I want to thank Fias for putting on the conference and for coordinating with us on these interviews, as well as NYSERDA for serving as conference partner with Fias and community partner with us here at the Passive House Accelerator. Thank you, too, to Rockwell North America, their generous support underwrote all of these interviews, as well as our coverage of the conference. With that, please enjoy my interview with Robert Blunt of Rockwell, North America. All right, I have Robert Blunt here with Rockwell, North America, joining me for a conversation, a chat. I'm really excited about that. We are at FiasCon, and we all of the interviews that we're doing here at FiasCon are underwritten by generous support from Rockwell, North America. So first, thank you for that support, Robert. And second, thanks for sitting down to chat. Oh, it's my pleasure. And uh, it's also, we wouldn't have it any other way in terms of support. Uh, the Accelerator's been uh, amazing in terms of uh, promoting great design and uh, really kind of bringing everybody under one umbrella when it comes to uh, to all things passive house and and sustainability. Well, thank you. It's it's great to have uh, Rockwell on as a founding sponsor of our work. And you you also uh, with Manaz just did a component spotlight um, with the accelerator that was I very well attended and um, really really. Um, a great program. So thanks for sharing that uh, thought leadership there at, at the Component Spotlight as well. Yeah, that was great. Uh, it, you know, we've all been spending tons of time on the small screen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, sometimes we don't more feel <laughs> that we don't, sometimes we don't feel we're getting the most that we could out of that uh, small screen interaction. But that was really fantastic in terms of uh, the amount of questions afterwards and the, um, you know, general interface with folks and even some of those questions were, were a, a bit tough and uh but that's why we're here is to is to talk about the the tough questions uh what you know yeah if it were easy everybody would be doing it right 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 no so you come to this work at rockwell um with an architectural background is that right uh my background is actually in fine art uh so um circuitous route but yeah. i uh I went to uh, went to fine art school at Tyler School of Art, which is the art school for Temple University. Uh, ran a production glass blowing facility, and that a lot of metal fabrication went along with that. Started to do some architectural commissions and piece by, and I've always had a kind of a strong construction background, carpenter since I was a kid, right. and um, right. eventually kind of worked my way into. Uh, altering a storefront and attaching a bunch of glass that we made to it. And because I'm a process-oriented person, I suppose, uh, went into the weeds with what do storefronts look like and how do these things go together? And while I knew the general um, pretext of what that construction looks like, I really kind of nerded out on it. And, um, you know, little yeah. did I know it then, but fast forward a bunch of years and uh, I ended up, uh, you know, in the consulting end of that world uh, hmm. as a consultant for curtain wall and uh, exterior enclosures. And so your, how about your entree to high performance building? Was, was, were you already getting involved in, in that, that realm before uh, your um, uh, role at Rockwell or is it, has it been through, through Rockwell that that's become I would, part of your life or I would say it's out? been somewhat organic. Yeah. Uh, you know, I did um, somewhere between, 
design background and uh, and commercial construction. I did a lot of historic restoration. I used Rockwell then to in uh, the part of the world that I live in, uh, 150 years old house is a new house. So I did a lot of historic restorations on those types of structures and uh, knew it to be one of the better materials to use in terms of, uh, you know, there's lots of folks fill, uh, fill a home full of the, the wrong stuff in terms of uh, thermal barrier and destroy what's managed to last a couple hundred years. Yeah. So that yeah. got my attention early on. Um, I was then in New York City while I was working on my lead AP, really started to pay more attention to it. And that was also the time that I was doing a lot of work with curtain wall. And, you know, when you're looking at glass and aluminum being your outward facing materials, it's really tough to be efficient. And that's yeah. where I kind of started uh, really looking at, you know, what's what's really driving the performance and, um, you know, what are the solutions that we can that we can employ to get there? But of course, there's lots of rock wool and you know only the spandrels only of uh, curtain walls, um, but and also the, the slab edge fire safing and, and all those types of applications. But um, really, it wasn't. I made a, a purposeful shift out of the curtain wall world, at least for a moment, because um, you know it's it, it's tough to to turn those knobs in terms of efficiency. So now that you're at Rockwell um, and you're interacting with the PassFast community quite a bit, and I know that the company has some pretty, uh, pretty uh, firm commitments to supporting uh, organizations like um, the PassFast Accelerator and other PassFast organizations as well and in, in, in their work. Can you talk a little bit more about... Um, why you're doing that? Why, like, what, what is the, what is the, um, how do you, how does Rockwell see its mission aligned with the, the mission of the Passive House world? Well, a uh, couple of things. Uh, you know, I think that a lot of people in Passive House say, uh, I, we'd like to be out of a job in 10 years because this is the, just the way that people build. Yeah. So, of course, we're in the, um, position of trying to educate and advocate and support for, for better building design, um, not only thermally, of course, from our perspective, but also in terms of air and vapor transmission. And um, so, you know, to that end, uh, we're really, we look at this as, you know, the best path to, um, or the shortest path to to where we want to be. Uh, we've embraced the science-based targeting initiative for outside analysis of what we're doing in terms of lowering our carbon footprint. But of course, we want to support that in the built environment as well. So, um, you know, we look at Passive House and other, uh, you know, zero energy design and, uh, and net zero construction is, you know, is hopefully a matter of course. And um, I feel fortunate that I live in Massachusetts where, yeah. Uh, we've got some of the most, uh, I'd say, progressive code in, in the country. Uh, but, you know, there's 49 other states to go and yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not everybody thinks alike. So uh, we really want to be, um, you know, helping to inform everybody from the, the guy that's putting it into the wall to the person that's deciding to put it into the wall uh, and above. Right. And hopefully on the policy level as well. So where do you see this uh, industry moving i mean you mentioned massachusetts and uh, i mean the the what do you think is on the horizon for um for passive house for high performance building and what do you i'm excited about retrofit uh you know when we talk about embodied carbon you know i think what 
uh, aside from the fact that uh, here are all these buildings 100 years old, even 70 years old, that are, of course, the worst offenders in yeah. terms of energy consumption. But they've already, there's already a ton of carbon in, you know, mm-hmm. sunk into those buildings. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether they're historically significant structures or just structures that have more life in them, uh, you know, you take a 75-year life cycle analysis on it, anything that's that has 75 more years to go. And um, not only does it make sense in terms of a, um, a carbon embodiment strategy, but also uh, just in dollars and cents, right? And you look at all the energy that's going to be, uh, you know, all the dollars that are going to be expended maintenancing and, uh, and heating and cooling those buildings. Uh, you know, when we improve the building science, of a structure, even an old one, we probably do a good job of helping it to last longer as well. So, um, you know, that's kind of the, ever since I worked, you know, when I was a uh, envelope consultant on closure consultant, it was always on the owner's side and soon we'll see the owners are thinking about the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even early on when I was, uh, first had my lead AP, uh, I always try to look at it from the other side, right? Like, okay, how do you make this make sense uh, on a spreadsheet as well as uh, for the planet? And, you know, for the planet is always my my first thought, but I always try to look on the other side of it as well. Do I know that you're at, you're probably um, at the booth and interacting with, with uh, um, practitioners and, and folks who are making uh, uh, decisions around specifying products. Is, how has it been for you? It's been great. It's been great. I mean, there are a lot of uh, fans of us here already. Yeah, Lots of yeah. folks use uh, our material. And so it's a little bit of like, hey, we love, we love your material. Right. We use it all the time. You know, here's this one, um, here's this one little problem I'd like to kind of, a kink I'd like to work out. Some folks who, um, who haven't, you know, haven't used it much. Uh, and actually, this is my first uh, Fiascon. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I, I just started my CPHC in September and as part of it, you know, signed up for the Alliance. And, yeah. um, Great. So I've been to a number of other sustainability events, and yeah. uh, but it's my first Fiascon. So it's it's pretty exciting. And of course, we're two years into not seeing anybody. So yeah, getting to see all of you face to face is pretty amazing. pretty amazing. Yeah, it really is. Well, this has been great. Is, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I think I think I'm good. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's it's been awesome to to get to talk to you, and uh, I know we have another component spotlight coming up somewhere next year. Yeah, and uh, as it. I come off of the backside of the first one last week, um, I I really think we're probably going to concentrate on on retrofits and fantastic uh, as, as a piece of that, just based on the questions that came out of yeah uh, the first one, and yeah. uh, probably get a little more weedy on us and carbon and, mm-hmm. and you know how that relates to the other options out there in the marketplace yeah that'd be super interesting yeah retrofits are are a um, i mean they're just such an important piece of the puzzle that we have to that we have to solve and um there's a lot of interest i think from the audience that our broader you know pass fast accelerator audience um in learning about solutions around retrofits and case studies around retrofits and you know how to how to make that happen so i, th- I think that's a that's a smart move i think it'll be a, it'll be a lot of interest yeah and so. we've just put together two new ceus that uh have been pretty cool. uh pretty aggressively uh asked for around uh designing for sustainability and also for resilient retrofits yeah that uh pieces i borrowed from pieces of those for the first uh, uh component spotlight sure but yeah. uh you know i there's certainly lots more information there that uh, that we're happy to share. Well, we're, we'll look forward to it. 
Thank you, Robert. Cool. Thank you, Zach.